We're going to call this Therapy Couch Monday. I mean, maybe, listen, if you're a Roll Tide fan, you, you don't need this. You are riding high. You got your coach cracking jokes. Nick Saban smiling is maybe the most horrifying thing on the planet to everyone not an Alabama fan. He's cracking jokes after the game. So for, for the Georgia fan base out there, this can be a, a therapy session Monday. So we want to open up the phone lines, 912-342-7184. Again, 912-342-7184. The phone lines, you want to call in and vent. Or, hey, if you're a Roll Tide fan, you want to call in and talk smack. If you're a Michigan fan and you want to call in and talk smack. If we have a Cincinnati Bears Cats fans listening right now, we want to hear from you as well. So 912-342-7184, the phone line, if you want to talk about the SEC Championship, college football playoff, all of it. But we're, we're going to start with a therapy session because Cam's looking rough today. <laughs> I, I, It's an interesting feeling because watching the game, it was abysmal. Georgia's performance – in every aspect of the game outside of maybe the offensive line and the tight ends was abysmal. I'll give Jake Camarda some credit too. He, uh, he was punting the hell out of the football, but outside of that, just a rough performance from the Georgia Bulldogs now getting reset, getting ready for Michigan in the orange bowl. But before we do that, Cam's looking rough. I, I think it's an interesting feeling because you lose the SEC championship, but you know, you're going to the college football playoff. Even though there's a stretch where Alabama went 38 to seven against Georgia, where I was like, maybe they're just like, all right, maybe not Georgia. But Cam, it's Monday. You've had a day to sit and be sad. How how are we feeling? Terrible. Still bad. Um, yeah, I mean, I I told you last well last um, Friday, had Georgia lost, I was going to be pretty upset. It's it's t- it comes to the point where it's no excuses. This is a supposed to be what a down year for Alabama. And not only did they beat you, they just they embarrassed you. It was embarrassing Saturday. That might be outside of what the 08 game, one of the most embarrassing loss I've seen Georgia have against uh, Bama. Listen, I'm not even going to compare 2015 because I mean you had Grayson Lambert. We knew we didn't. <laughs> me personally, as a Georgia fan, I knew we didn't have a chance. But this year, you have a team that is supposed to stack up and be better. You have the number one defense and. All these weapons and Georgia this, Georgia that, and you go out there and you just get outplayed, outmanned, out outhandled. It's just well, out it's everything, outcoached, yeah. outcoached bad. Yeah, so it's just bad. it was it was all over the place for Georgia. But let's let's go through it. Georgia loses forty one to twenty four. You know why that's funny, Cam? Yeah, that was same score the exact from last year. Same score from last year's matchup against Alabama. That one in Tuscaloosa, but. Early in the game, you're feeling pretty good. It's ten to nothing. Darnell Washington, like mossed Henry Toa Toe, hit him with the silencer. I mean, he he hit him with the LeBron, mm-hmm. and that was his, actually his first career touchdown in the SEC championship, right there. So you're feeling pretty good. But here's where I think the game goes sideways. Alabama, after they go down ten to nothing, that next drive they score a touchdown. With that touchdown, they would go on to score on five consecutive possessions. Four touchdowns and a field goal. Five consecutive possessions Alabama would score. And when you hear that, it's easy to put it on the defense, which the defense did not have a great day. I'm fairly certain Bryce Young said, and if he didn't, I don't know who would have, maybe Joe Burrow against Georgia in 2019. But I'm fairly certain Bryce Young set the first half passing yardage record for the SEC championship in that game. And Georgia really didn't have an answer for Alabama's offense. Alabama was even able to run the football a little bit but so it's easy to put it on the defense, but there's something I want you to keep in mind. The game is 10 to 7. Georgia gets the ball back, three and out. 
Three plays, seven yards, a minute 29 off the clock. Give it right back to Alabama. Six plays, 80 yards, touchdown. Alabama has a 14 to 10 lead. Your very next possession, three plays, five yards, punt. One minute, five seconds taken off the clock. Give it back to Alabama. They kick a field goal. Your very next possession, three plays, 75 yards, touchdown. But still, three plays. Defense had just been on the field for three consecutive possessions, and inside of all three of those, you had three plays. You're playing against what I will say is the best offense in the country. I know a lot of people argue Ohio State, and statistically I think Alabama was the number four offense in the country, but Bryce Young is far and away the best offensive player in college football. And then you have Jamison Williams, who might be the best wide receiver in college football, John Mechie, that offensive line. You're playing against that offensive line, and three straight possessions, you had three plays. And so after you score that touchdown, what does Alabama come out and do? They score a touchdown on their next drive. You can't do that to your defense. I've always said this. When you're playing an offense like that, the number one goal for your offense has to be get a first down. When you get the ball, get a first down because that just at least doubles the amount of rest your defense is going to get. Those plays and those series are where this game flipped and where Alabama separated. And when you're trying to beat what now the College Football Playoff Committee says is the best team in the country, you can't do that. I'll go opposite of what you're saying um, right now. Actually, I still put it on the defense, and I'll put it like this. The offense has been ran like that the entire year. But the offense hasn't gone three and out twice in a row and then scored on three plays. They haven't, but they have relied on the defense. And that more so goes to coaching, too. But that's a pretty, I, that's a pretty crappy excuse, though. It, if you're, it is. If you're trying to, if you're trying to, if you're, if you're saying, hey, we rely on you and you have to be the one who carries us, so we're going to blame you if we don't No, win, I'm not going to blame I, anybody. I, I would put it on the side of the – well, you got to blame somebody. Well, I would I'm, put it on the side of the ball who's been having to be carried. I'm a, Well, I'm going to put it like this. I, I've said it all year. I've never thought this offense was impressive the entire year. When we saw them run the ball against you know certain teams, I was like, okay, run the ball against Alabama. Pass the ball, pass the ball against Alabama. They haven't been – impressive all year and I know the defense have put them in good positions and stuff like that but I've said it all year in order to beat Alabama you have to put up points I don't care how good your defense is you got to put up points and Saturday neither the defense nor the offense showed up um obviously that offense they have some things to work on you have to get a running game going you can't beat Alabama being you can't beat Alabama and try to beat them in their same game here's what I'll say about that is if you try to run the football against the front Alabama was putting out there, it'd be like trying to run against a brick wall. Alabama was stacking eight, nine guys in the box. They were throwing what Mississippi State did to you last year against you. And Alabama's game plan in this one was very simple. Stetson Bennett has to beat us. And what happened is you got a Falcons-esque performance from the Georgia offense, which if you look at Stetson Bennett's stats – uh, let's let's pull him up. I know he had 340 yards, but I want to get you 29 the, of 41, yeah, three yeah, touchdowns, yeah. two picks. 29 of 48, almost through 50, almost through 50 times. 340 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. But that is what the box dictated Georgia had to do. If you try to run the football against a stacked box like that, you're going to be in second and nine, and then you're going to be in third and seven, and then it's going to be Stetson Bennett having to throw the football. You know what that means? You had to throw on early downs. Yeah, it also comes to Kirby. I love Kirby Smart. He's great coach. He's great to Georgia. He's not going anywhere, guys, for the people that are saying fire Kirby Smart. 
Come on now. If anyone's saying that, yeah. they need to be come, evaluated. Come on now. But what I will say is he is still to this day has not gotten the quarterback position correct. Okay, here's and, here's what I'll say about that. We can get into this, but here's what I'll say about that is we don't know what JT Daniels has shown them at practice. This isn't one of those situations where it's two completely different quarterbacks, right? They're both – a lot of people like to say Stetson Bennett's a dual threat. Stetson Bennett's just a little bit more mobile – than JT Daniels. He's, he's not really a dual threat. We saw the one read option he tried to hit. He got obliterated. Literally, Will Anderson read the thing going down. Or it wasn't Will Anderson. Will Anderson chased. The defensive lineman read the guy going down the line and still had time to recover and come back and tackle Stetson Bennett for only a two-yard gain. So he's not a dual threat quarterback. For the people saying, it's got to be JT Daniels, I have bad news for you. There's a distinct possibility that he's just not better than Stetson. Ah. Uh. I don't. I don't know. No, I you, think you, he, you you don't know, but you you have to choose to believe if you want to be happy. No, I because think the only, the only chance a lot of people think is if J T. Daniels comes out as some superstar. If you think hmm. if Kirby Smart had a better wide receiver than Jermaine Burton, would he play him? I don't know. I honestly don't know. Okay, look at Dude, Justin Fields on. and Jake Fromm. No, no, no. Here's no. Here's, your no, here's the question. If if Kirby Smart had a better linebacker, a better edge rusher than Nolan Smith, would he play him? I honestly, I don't actually know because the only reason. Yes. No, I don't know because, because we saw it. Nolan Smith was a number one overall recruit, yeah. and he hardly played in this game. They put Robert Beal in because he's been better. But right? why, I will put why it like would Kirby this: Kirby Smart, whose job it is to win football games, play somebody he thinks give his team a less chance to win. I don't know because I I will put it like this: Justin Fields is I was a better quarterback. Than Jake Fromm. It showed that in college and everything. I love Jake Fromm. He didn't play Justin Fields as all, at all. I think the problem at the quarterback position, every other position, you have correct. But I think he's very loyal at the quarterback position because Stetson is safe. He's won you games. But at the end of the day, look how Nick Saban did. Jalen Hurts won him games and he was safe. But when the push came to but shove, again, he had to put in Tua. But again, in that championship game, Tua was healthy. Yeah. Coming off, and he actually, I, if you go back and watch that game, Tua did not play well in the second half. Yeah. He threw a couple of touchdowns, but he also threw some interceptions, and he had the one pass that is the, the greatest throw in college football history. With Jalen Hurts, we knew what Jalen Hurts was in 2018 because he had literally led Alabama to two consecutive national championships, mm -hmm. and Tua helped him win one of them, right? So they knew what they had in Jalen Hurts, right? You had two, in, two future starting NFL quarterbacks on your roster, actually three because you had Mac Jones there as well, but we're talking about guys who played. You had two NFL quarterbacks that you were exchanging back and forth. Does Georgia have two NFL quarterbacks that are exchanging back and forth? I guess Jake Fromm is about to become one because apparently he's starting uh, for the New York Giants this week because wow. Glennon's out and Daniel Jones is hurt. But okay. you, you had, when you're looking at this team with JT Daniels and Stetson Bennett, do you have two NFL quarterbacks that you're exchanging back and forth? And then with the Justin Fields thing, which is funny we're still having this conversation, but it's just going to be with Kirby Smart forever, is Justin Fields was with Georgia for one year. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Georgia went 11-1 and in the regular season with Jake Fromm <laughs> as their starting quarterback. The year prior, they had gone 11-1 and as well. No, I agree with and you. And almost won the national championship. When BJ says this all the time. When Jake Fromm walked off the field mm -hmm. in the national championship, Georgia had the lead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's just I, I, I don't think these are comparable situations, but it is going to follow Kirby Smart wherever he goes because now Justin Fields goes on to have the career he did at Ohio State, mm -hmm. and he's in the NFL first-round pick by the Chicago Bears. So it's going to follow him wherever he goes, but I, I just don't, I, I don't think it's the same situation when you have JT Daniels versus Stetson Bennett. Now, I will say this. 
Stetson Bennett made some great throws. But at the same time, he was picked off twice, probably should have been intercepted four or five times. Should have been intercepted on the first drive. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was about to say, first drive. The question is this. Did we see – was that Stetson Bennett's best game just against a really good defense? Or was that an off game for Stetson Bennett? I think – I will be honest. I think that's that's the best performance you could get from him because he's still – even though it was kind of like a Falcon S type of game, he still almost yeah, threw four hundred yards. Alabama's game plan again, like I yeah. said, was we're going to crowd the box. We're not going to let Zamir White and James Cook and these guys beat us. And then when Stetson Bennett has to throw it, okay, fine, you can hit that seventeen yarder, you can hit that twenty yarder, you can hit that thirty yarder, that seven yard, that that swing pass. Even though Alabama did a really good job of taking away those short passes. I know Georgia broke the one with Lad McConkie, but for yeah. the most part, they did a really good job of taking away the short passes. And they say, you, you can beat us 15, 20 yards down the field and then once we get to the 25 to the 30, it's going to get real tight. We're going to tighten up and we're not going to let you score. Remember, Georgia had two possessions that came up empty from the 29-yard line. Mm-hmm. Right? No points. We, I, as, okay, this is what I want to know. The game plan going into well, I'm I'm going to say Michigan because I just I don't think Michigan's a slouch. They play exactly. No, they beat the hell out of Ohio State and then beat the hell out of Iowa. They play exactly like Georgia. Oh, it's be a you talking bag. about similar styles, defense, running. Neither one have great quarterbacks. What's the game plan for Michigan and then possibly Alabama? Like, where do you go from? Because if they stack okay, the box, let's 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 take a break because I want to come okay. back. We can cool, keep cool, talking cool. about it again. It's a therapy session. If you want to get in on, it, if you're disagreeing with anything we're saying, we want to hear from you. Nine one two three four two seven one eight four. We'll be right back with more right here on ESPN Radio. Presented to you by the Uniform Source again. Recapping the SEC championship game. Just an abysmal performance from Georgia on a lot of fronts. But in the conversation there. Uh, at the end of the last segment, into the quarterback situation, what do we see going forward? Is this an indication of Kirby Smart who struggles with quarterback decisions? We want to hear from you, 912-342-7184. We have a caller on the line here, David from Brunswick. David, what's going on, man? Hey, I just want to say that two two games in a row, when Stetson Bennett has played Alabama, he has looked exactly like what he is, a kid in over his head. Well, let me ask you I this. Don't know, I don't know if he was better than JT Daniels. Why did JT Daniels start the year? Now, if they're saying JT Daniels is still hurt and they're not coming out with all of that information, they may need to put that out there because right now it makes Kirby look really bad. It looks like he likes little short, fiery quarterbacks. Again, I go back to what you were talking about earlier. He let Justin Fields leave his team so Jake Fromm could start. Let me ask you this before we let I, you go. I, I, I'll get off the line now and listen to what you. No, let say. me ask you. Let me ask you a question before you go. Uh, and this, okay. is, this is an honest opinion. Uh, do you do you think Stetson Bennett, if he doesn't have to shoulder the burden, do you think he's good enough as a starting quarterback for them to beat Michigan and beat Alabama? I don't know about Michigan, but he's proven he can't beat Alabama. All right, David. We appreciate the call, man. All right. Thank you. No, I mean, he, he brings up a lot of interesting points there, Cam, is, and we were kind of talking about this, is we don't know what the background is on the quarterback situation right now, right? We don't know if JT Daniels is maybe still banged up. What we do know is this. It is so hard during a season with a quarterback position and, and you are in the flow of things 
to make that switch. That's why a lot of people thought maybe you see the switch at the Florida game because you have the bye week. But once you get into the season and you are game planning as an offense, you want to have the guy. And I, I to, to play devil's advocate for Kirby Smarks, I know a lot of fans are upset at Stetson Bennett right now, is what did he do during the season to disprove you from saying, hey, I am the starting quarterback and this offense can click with me as a starting quarterback. I think what Kirby Smart banked on going into the SEC Championship really banked on going in through this year was he can be good enough for the defense to control things. But my thought about this, Cam, is eventually you're going to need a quarterback, and we saw this on Saturday. You're going to need a quarterback who can transcend, who can take over a football game when all things are even. I'm the better man, right? And Bryce Young transcended in the SEC championship. We've seen a bunch of yards from him throughout the season. I'll say a lot of them were hollow yards. I call them the, the, the Falcons offense yards, right? Mm-hmm. A lot a lot of passing yards between the 20s, and then you don't convert. He had over 300 yards passing against LSU. They scored 20 points, right? It, you can have those hollow yards, and that's what happened with Stetson on Saturday. But in the SEC championship, and obviously we're looking at this from a Georgia slant, but Bryce Young... Every yard meant, every, it, it yeah, meant but, everything. Yeah, but Bryce Young played one of the best quarterback performances we've seen, right? And just throwing absolute dimes, moving. When you thought you had him dead to rights, he was able to move out of it. We haven't really seen him use his legs like this before. And then the dang Nebraska uh, triple option attack, 10 yards down the field that he hit you with for a big first down. You know what it felt like watching was, and I don't think this dude gets enough credit, it felt like watching the 2019 SEC Championship where you had Joe Burrow under distress the entire game and he's getting balls tipped Mm -hmm. up in his face and catching them and picking up first downs, right? That's how the frustration level was for Georgia. Now, you had a couple of blown coverages, right? The long touchdown to – well, he had two long touchdowns, but the crossing route touchdown to Jamison Williams, it looked like Jalen Waddell – from a couple years ago, right? That was just Lewisine jumping on a drag route that a linebacker already had covered and just not playing his coverage. That's what Kirby Smart talked about after the game. Is he's like, we had some uncharacteristic flaws. Well, you know Alabama had been planning for Georgia for three, four weeks. You know Bill O'Brien had been putting that game plan together for that defense, and that probably has a lot to do with the fact that they had to go to overtime with Auburn, right? Rivalry game, and you're already looking ahead – you go to overtime with your biggest rival, right? But you know this game plan has been in development, and they were looking at ways to out-leverage this Georgia defense, and they certainly did it. But you and I were talking about this in the break. After the half, when they had time to reset, and I think a lot of this has to do with John Mechie getting hurt, Bama put 17 points up in the second half. You had every opportunity to come back in that football game. Defense had a terrible second quarter, but the other three quarters weren't bad. They were good enough for you to win the football game. But again, when you needed it the most, three and outs. And that's where I think a lot of Georgia fans now are coming and saying, guys, something has to change. Because you scored seven points in the second half of the SEC championship against Alabama. Very reminiscent, Cam, to the national championship game against Alabama. You score a bunch of points in the first half, and you can't get anything going on offense in the second half or overtime. Right? You score 20 points in the national championship in regulation. Yep. Well, I will put it like this. I'll touch on the first topic as far as the quarterback and, you know, working in a, two quarterbacks, per se. Um, I think what Kirby could have done when you're blowing out Vanderbilt, put um, JT Daniels in for a little bit more series, get him reps. Um, Georgia Tech, same type of thing. Just to say, okay, I got two guys prepared, and if I need to throw, you know, the second string in and let him go, he could go. 
now you're kind of stuck in a bond where you're like, we're just Stetson, it's just Stetson. On top of that, it's what I, it's, I've, I've been saying it all. I have not been impressed with this offense. You have to put up points against Alabama, and we're still stuck in kind of like the early 2000 stage where just you're running the ball and you're ball controlling, and it's a new day. Nick Saban found it out, what, 2015 when Lane Kiffin came? I'll, I'll say this. He switched it I'll up. say this. Kirby Smart has completely turned this offense over to Tom Munkin. I think Tom Munkin's done a really good job, especially with what he has. I mean, think about who you lost before the season started. Yeah, like, no, you're missing George, a lot yeah, of guys. George Pickens goes out. You're, you're starting receivers when you ran out there against Clemson. You had Ladd McConkey and Brock Bowers. Yeah, no, yeah, like you're those, missing those, a lot Those of were guys. two of your starting pass catchers, and obviously we see what Brock Bowers has turned into, but this offense kind of having to mix and match the different guys, I think Todd Munkin has done a really good job. And again, you put up a ton of yards against Alabama. It's just when it got down to the clutch situations, you weren't able to execute. And when I say clutch situations, I don't just mean fourth and ten inside Alabama's red zone. I mean – Alabama just scored a touchdown. You get the ball back, and you run it, throw an incompletion, and it's third and seven, and you can't hit James Cook out of the backfield for a first down. Well, Those are clutch situations in the football game, and that's so deflating as a defense. When you go out there, you're playing, you get cooked, you need to come to the sideline, you need to catch your breath because Jamison Williams just dusted you. You need to catch your breath. You're looking at the flat screen TV, and then all of a sudden they're like, defense ready? And you're like, it's been like a minute. And that, see, it's so deflating. That's that's the problems I had. I know you want to beat teams and you want to score these quick points and these quick hitters, but you've said it all, all season long. I said it all season long. There are drives where you have to make championship drives, whether you're up 34-0 or 17-0. I'm talking about the championship drive where it's 10 plays, 50-60 yards, touchdown. Georgia has been missing that all year with these three plays, 75 yards. And when you play great teams, you're not going to get three plays, 75 yards each possession. You have to have that championship drive, and we saw it Saturday. They were not able to do that, run the ball successfully and pass, and, you know, give your defense a time to just take a breath, take a break, and you're able to put together a long drive and get at least a field goal and a touchdown. We did not see that, and I don't know if we're going to be able to see that because they have not been built all season to do that. Well, here, here's where I think Georgia's at now as you're getting ready for Michigan in the Orange Bowl is – if you have to figure something out on offense, you gotta you gotta get to it now. You have three weeks to get ready, and I can understand the week by week grind where it's if you have a guy who's repping with the ones, it's hard to switch that up during the week because you only get so much reps and you only get so many pra- so many practices. So it's it's difficult to make that switch during the season, especially with a guy who hasn't lost a football game yet. But you have three weeks now. Here's here's like I said in the first thing. Here's maybe the bad news for Georgia fans. There's a distinct possibility that after getting hurt, mm-hmm. and maybe it's still lingering or we, we, we can't speculate on injuries, but there's a distinct possibility that JT Daniels might not be the better option. We saw him in some limited action the past few weeks and throwing the football behind guys, underthrowing, overthrowing, just not in rhythm. And I, Again, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact he's not repping with the ones. If you're repping with the ones, it's hard to find that rhythm with guys you're not throwing to, Right. Maybe we see that rep share split, and then if JT's throwing better, then you see him take over that one spot. I'll tell you this. Kirby Smart's not going to lose the Orange Bowl or lose the national championship because he likes somebody. He's going to put the best person out there in every position that gives him the best chance to win. He's not going to say, hey, I know you're probably not the best bet, Stet, but you're my guy. Love the scrappy underdog. 
but I'm, I'm still sending you out there. He's not going to do that. But, yeah. again, the reality needs to sink in. For Georgia fans, there's a distinct possibility Stetson Bennett is the best guy for the job right now. He has to figure out the offense and not even the quarterback position, just running backs. Who's going to be the hot running back coming into this game? Who's going to give you what well, you can, need to get? Kenny McIntosh was the best running back why, in that but game. But why would Michigan switch away from what Alabama did? We saw Mississippi State do it to Georgia last year, and it worked, where you just you load the box and you say, we don't think your quarterbacks or, – or I'll say this, too, for as much as we're piling on the quarterbacks, we don't think your wide receivers are good enough to beat us. A.D. Mitchell, Jermaine Burton, hey. those dudes were not getting separation against these Alabama defensive backs who have struggled this season. Struggled this season. So you need your wide receivers to get separation. I think three weeks for George Pickens to get even healthier and get more reps could be big because everyone's like, why don't we see him more? It, he, he's still not up to that that game it's, physicality. I, st yet. I still think it's uh, still a want. Like a team can stack the box, but if you want to be more physical than a team, it's not always necessarily running. You can open up the pass to establish the run. You have to be more physical. Just because a team comes out, they uh, stack the box. You like, oh, a, I give up. There's a reason that Stetson Bennett had 340 yards passing in this game, and Georgia only scored 200 or 24 points. Excuse me is because Alabama stuck to their game plan. You're right. When Stetson Bennett starts cooking him over the top, hits a long one to George Pickens, Brock Bowers is eating him alive, it's, it's really easy to say, okay, well, let's drop two more guys back into coverage, go to our dime set, and then we'll let them run. That's exactly what Georgia wants you to do. Alabama, they, they were, Gary Danielson was talking about it the whole game. Alabama stayed in their nickel set, and they said, we're going to let you pick up those yards. Because we don't think you can do it in chunk plays, and that's what Georgia's been living off this year, is how, how many long plays, 40, 50 yarders, did Georgia have in this game? Right, You didn't because Alabama kept everything in front of them and said, we're going to make Stetson Bennett in this passing game beat us all the way down the field and then execute in the red zone. You can't get away from that and then allow Georgia to open up the run and then go into that play-action game because that's where they want to live. Alabama wanted you in the drop back, and that's where they had you, and we saw what happened. It's not looking too good, man. Um, I mean, I, I this might be an unpopular opinion. I think this might have been the best thing that could have happened to Georgia. Obviously, you wanted to, obviously you wanted to beat Alabama and go ahead and get them out of the way, and just get on with Oklahoma State or Michigan or Cincinnati. But the reality is, you got punched in the mouth, and you got to see a lot of holes in your team. I just don't know if Michigan is such a just oh we're getting past them as everybody no. thinks. I think Michigan is going to be what a are really the early tough lines game. for that game. I, I want to say Georgia by seven. I think that's what Georgia's favorite by. But, I mean, Michigan is – their defense is elite, like really good. They're an elite defense. If they could stop Ohio State, they could stop anybody. They're elite. Those two guys, Hutchinson – I know Nebraska stopped Ohio State too. Yeah, Nebraska did, but, I mean, Ohio State's Georgia, pretty much Georgia's ran through Georgia's a seven-and-a-half point favorite in this game. That defense is elite, man. Um, Michigan scares the crap out of me. They could run the ball. They have two really good running backs. Kind of what Georgia had with Chubb and Michelle, they have their own version of Chubb bro, and Michelle right now. Bro, no, I'm not saying they're Cam, on the same level, Cam. but you have to you have to see they are doing kind of Chubb and, and Michelle. Blake are really good. Please, I'm not saying they're better, but if you're talking about production, of running backs ever. If you're talking about production in one year, put up Chubb and Michelle's best year, and you put up their year, it is not too far apart. I promise you. I've done it. I've looked up the stats. It's not too far apart. That's sacrilegious right here. Hey, Haskins, five touchdowns against Ohio State in the Big Ten champion. No, nah, I mean, I respect Michigan and I respect the opponent because I saw Georgia and I'm like, 
everybody thinks it's a. I'm not saying you, but hold on. everybody thinks it's a shoe in. Here's what you saw on on Saturday was you saw Alabama's best game. That was by far the best performance from Alabama, top to bottom, of the season. You saw Alabama's best game, and you saw. I don't say it's Georgia's worst game, but you saw the D performance from Georgia. I think you put those two teams head-to-head with their A games, it's a lot closer football game. And I think, honestly, four or five plays go different in that game. It's a lot closer game. I mean, think about it. You don't throw the pick six, you're, you're down two scores. And I, I agree with what you're saying, but we've been saying that for 14 years. I'm just tired of saying it. And you know how upset I am right now about you're losing to Bama. It's okay. But, yeah, we've been – Saying that for I've been alive for twenty three years, they haven't beat them in fifteen. Here's here's what nobody's talking about. Hmm? What happens if Georgia gets Michigan and then Desmond Ritter does it? Nah, that's you not you happening. Can't, you can't even try to think about nah, that. Nah, I'm gonna sorry. entertain the thought. No, because now we've, Sanders. We've we've motivated the heck out of Nick Saban. He heard their underdogs. He heard the rat poison. Well, not underdogs anymore. They're number one team I mean, in the country. Yeah, no, they're not the number one team. I mean, they're the number one team now, but they still feel like they're underdogs because of the simple fact everybody, Vegas favored us by six and a half. Let me say this. And that's crazy. Let me say this. For everyone who said Alabama's down, I, I want to use a B.J. Bennett-ism. Words mean things. <laughs> Alabama yeah. Alabama's was never down. They just weren't as dominant no, 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 as they no, no, usually no, no. are. Alabama was never down. Alabama's young. Yes. Yeah. We, we kept talking about Bryce Young, right? All these other guys on this team. I don't know why I'm spacing on number 31's name. Will Anderson. Will Anderson, yeah. Right? He's those, just a junior. Both, no, but both he's a sophomore, Cam. Yeah, oh yeah, sophomore. My both bad. Of those, yeah. Both of those guys were members of two four seven and rivals is literally the best recruiting class of all time. Yeah. Alabama was never down. Alabama was young. And so now Will Anderson is having like the like a Deacon Jones type season from his defensive end spot and Bryce Young you when you when you think that a quarterback can't get better like you like you're like okay you had Tua it doesn't get better than Tua and then mm-hmm. Mac Jones comes out and Mac Jones does what he did last year like all right well you can't do that three times in a row and Bryce Young is better than both of them and he's yeah like uh, I think Alabama, way better than both Alabama of them. was never down and I'm really mad at y'all for convincing me to pick Georgia last minute because all week last week I was saying Alabama was going to win that game and I'll let you guys sway me. No, I remember your, in my picks with, I said yeah, Bama with your no you you picked pick, Georgia oh yeah, to pick, win the football game you picked Bama yeah, to cover. I, I I was trying to do that to make myself feel better, but I yeah. kind of already knew what was on the way. You were I didn't like, think you were it like, would be if Georgia a loses, blowout. At least I got the pick right. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't I didn't think it was going to be a blowout. Because that was a blowout. Yeah. I didn't think it was going to be a blowout. I thought if Bama wins, they win by three. If Georgia wins, they win by three. That, that's what I stuck to. Alabama just came out there and just housed them. There, there so. are so many things you can point to in this game. And we'll obviously be going over it and then looking ahead towards the Michigan game, looking ahead towards the bowl games. We've got to take a quick break here. We'll come back and talk some more uniform. Source, the bowl games have been announced, including the bowl game that ESPN just made up to get all the bowl-eligible teams in respect. Cam, when you have the sway to just make up bowl games, that's that's some sway that I would like to have. But at, as we look through these, Cam, any matchups in particular you're looking forward to? Um, I will actually be at the Peach Bowl. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Michigan State, Pittsburgh, I will be at go that. Mercedes-Benz, yep, go watch my buddies. Um, I will be at that game. And outside of that, I'm not really too excited about anything else outside of, you know, the college football playoffs. I'm locked in. I am. You got to enjoy bowl season, man. College football is almost over. No, I can't. I, I can't. <laughs> I, I've enjoyed bowl games. You know, 
my whole life. I I I want to see success. I want to see a national championship. I have to stay locked in. Let so. me ask you this. This is kind of a theoretical question. Do you feel like the college football playoff has kind of become like the final four of NCAA basketball where like that's an accomplishment in and of itself? No. Where it's like you hang banners <laughs> up for making the college football playoff? No, no, no. I'm not I'm not saying who, you who? I'm not saying you don't want the national championship, but I'm saying I feel like it's equally as hard. No, I don't. I don't think so. I, th- I don't think I Cam's think it's so locked in. I think it's way harder to make the uh, final four in really? college basketball. Right. Well, I mean, it's obviously it's from a it's from a smaller pool of teams. Obviously, in the college football, yeah. How many how many Division one basketball teams are? Is it over eight hundred? It's it's a lot. Yeah, it's it's a lot, and you have to play a lot of games just to get to the tournament. Then you have to play teams you've never heard of in the tournament and beat teams. You might be a freshman. Team full of freshmen. I've seen it. 40-0 Kentucky team. There's 350. Yeah, 40-0 Kentucky team with none of but freshmen lost to a seven-loss Wisconsin team yeah. with a whole well, bunch of and old here's, guys. And we, we can get into this later in the week, or maybe this is an off-season conversation. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like a 12-team playoff is going to be happening anytime soon. That sucks. But I thought somebody brought up an interesting point is you want to be careful what you wish for because the number one and number two teams in college basketball played and nobody cared. You know why? Because it didn't matter. Oh, you're talking about Gonzaga and um, yeah, Gonzaga and UCLA were one and two. Duke yeah. and Gonzaga were one and five. Well, either or that may have been the greatest but game I've or. seen. The in fact a while. that I didn't know North Carolina or uh, UCLA and, and uh, Gonzaga played tells you all you need to know is Dang. those nobody cared because you know all of those teams are still going to make. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They're so gonna make you the want you want to be careful. You're not taking away what we saw in rivalry week, which is just so many stakes out there. I, I think I maybe, think maybe, I, I think it's maybe it's an off team an off season conversation. I don't know because we yeah. we can talk about that for like two hours. I was, I want to stay with the okay. bowl games here because I think there's some really cool matchups and obviously we'll start talking about them more as they get a little bit closer. But I mean, you have the weird ones right where it's teams you expected a lot of playing teams who are trying to finish a season that they overachieved in. Like again, I think the Gator Bowl is going to be awesome. Wake Forest, Texas A and M, Texas A and M is like basically this year's Florida where. You knock off your biggest rival in your division in, in terms of Florida beating Georgia last year, Texas A&M beat Alabama this year, but then you crash and burn at the end of the season and finish 8-4. and four. How about uh, you mentioned the Peach Bowl? Pitt and Michigan State is going to be an awesome game. I think North Carolina, South Carolina over there in the Dukes-Mayo Bowl is going to be fantastic. But Cam, they would never play each other in the regular season. They can't get a home-and-home scheduled, but dang it, we're going to get them in the postseason. UCF, Florida, in the Gasparilla Bowl. I love that matchup. That's kind of like, cool. UCF is not UCF of old. Their, their offense is not fun to watch anymore since Gus Malzahn got there. Florida, we have seen how terrible they have been offensively. But just seeing those two fan bases face off, I think that's going to be fun. I think that's cool. I'll give you two teams real quick. Um, I think Houston and Auburn. That'd be a cool game that because be really Auburn's game. six and six, Houston's eleven and two. I don't know how they skewed that together. In the Birmingham Bowl, yeah. And then Clemson and Iowa State, two teams we had really high expectations yep. for this year, kind of didn't meet those. Well, really didn't meet those expectations in Iowa State. Clemson could possibly win ten games this year in a down year. That's not too bad. I mean, who did they lose to? They lost to um, Georgia. Who you know, else? Clemson, yeah. uh, NC State, NC State, and. They lost to another team. Wait, no, they beat the hell out of that, Wake no, Forest. No, they beat Wake Forest. I can tell you. Hold on. Yeah, but 
Those two teams right there, Pitt, I think that's yeah, pretty Pitt cool. Yeah, handled them 27-17. Okay, yeah, I think that those You felt pretty good against Clemson. Cool. If you scored 24 points, you were going to win the game. Yeah. Uh, talk about some teams where they, you're just like, wow, how the mighty have fallen. Uh, Coastal Carolina is playing in the Cure Bowl against Northern Illinois. That's a team that everybody thought this year, like, hey, can they repeat what they did last year? But there's also a couple other games that I feel that way about as well. How about Oregon and Oklahoma? Two teams you thought had a legitimate chance yeah. to make the college football playoff in the not-too-distant past, but then Oregon ran into a team called Stanford, and then Oklahoma ran in to Oklahoma State. And Oregon and so, ran into and both Utah. Of them, both of them now, with the news of the day, Mario Cristobal headed to Miami. Both of these teams now okay. looking for new head coaches. Oklahoma has founders and Brent Venables, but it'll be interim coaches for both of these teams coaching in the bowl game. That's the Alamo Bowl. I mean, I just I love all the storylines. I would pick. I would actually pick Oklahoma in that game. Quick disclaimer: Yeah, I would pick them. I don't know if I can pick Oklahoma in anything. You just can't trust them. I can't trust Oregon. They just lost to Utah. They got obliterated. Well, we know one thing for sure, and that's Utah owns Oregon. Yeah, they own them. And then another good matchup that I just looked up: um, Baylor and Ole Miss. I think that would be pretty cool. Is Matt Matt Corral? Is he playing in that game? Uh, I think he should. I certainly think he should. I don't know if there's been an announcement. I know. They have just given Lane Kiffin a significant pay raise. You know, future, hopefully a future Falcon. Yeah, um, Matt Corral. That would be can, outstanding. Yeah, that, that would be uh, did beautiful. You, no, did you see what the other future Falcon did? Uh, Kenny? Can you oh, Kenny. Oh, oh my gosh, the fake slide. Yeah, no, nah, that's slide? messed up. That's that messed up. That was dirty. That was dirty because I, I don't think that's right. Because well, hold on. You know, for those of you who don't know, Kenny Pickett in the opening drive for Pitt, uh, he broke out of a pass play and was about 10 15 yards downfield and like did the motion where he kind of like leaned back and it looked like he was starting a slide so the dbs kind of held up so they didn't get a penalty and then he just kicked back up and went and ran it in for a touchdown that was rude i applaud him for that but now had they clobbered him the refs should well, not throw a flag well, yeah ryan that. ryan clark said he's like if you guys are gonna start doing that we're just gonna start eating you alive yeah, we're that's how it needs to be even when you slide that's how it Sorry needs to be it. yeah we, we gotta take a quick break we'll come back we'll talk about some more bowl games next right here on espn radio Three and out coming up next. Big show as they recap the SEC championship and look at the college football playoff. We'll be joined as we are every Monday by our good friend Brooks Austin from Dogs Daily on SI.com. Get a breakdown of everything happened in the SEC championship. Also going to catch up with Tommy Bowden, get the coach's opinion on the college football playoff. And then a little bit later, we'll be joined by former Georgia tight end Arthur Lynch, Brock Bowers. Cam, there's one bright spot from the SEC championship. It's got to be what Brock Bowers was able to do. I mean, he's now set every Georgia tight end record as as a true freshman. But, I mean... Some of the passes he was able to haul in, some of the routes he was putting on dudes, you get you get two more years of him? Man, I mean, that kid reminds me of George Kittle. Like, Kittle and Kelsey had, yeah. a, had a son and his Brock Bowers. I mean, it, I he don't might, see, And he might be faster. Yeah, no, he is faster, I, in my opinion. I, he moves like a wide receiver. I mean, he's going to be a top – he's going to be like Kyle Pitts when he comes out. He might be a top five pick. I really do believe that, and I think he's probably the best tight end in the country. I mean, he's proven it all year. It's not like just that game he showed up. He's done this. He's been the one consistent point. He's been that man all year. And just he's, what, 18, 19? 
kid it's, from Cali. It's wild. Hold on, I'm trying to pull it up here quick. All right, is in Kyle Pitts' 2020 season. I know we have 20 seconds here. I'm gonna do it fast. 43 receptions, 770 yards, 12 touchdowns. Brock Bowers this year, 47 receptions, 791 yards. 11 touchdowns. More yards, one less touchdown. Brock Bowers is scary good. Three and out coming up next right here on ESPN Radio. Oh, you, you, you got some thoughts on Brock Bowers? Yeah, I got some thoughts on Brock Bowers. Right, I think go. he, I, like I said, I think he's going to be a top five pick, but as of right now, he's the best tight end in the country. If I'm talking about offensive weapons on both teams, he might be the best offensive weapon outside of Bryce Young on both teams. I like Williams, um, the transfer from Ohio State. He's say, really Williams nice. Is he SEC leading receiver? He is nice, but he's not a tight I think as a tight end, to put up those numbers, he's he's Kyle Pitts S. It's just really, really impressive. I don't think it's Kyle Pitts S. He has more receptions, more yards, and one less touchdown. Yep, with a worse quarterback as well. So uh, yeah, yeah, Man, that's just true. Like, I throw Stetson under the bus. No, there. no. I, uh, like home. I said, Stetson could be every team in the country outside of Alabama. Outside of Alabama, I think he could be every other team. That's fair. He, the, the one team he lost to last year outside of Alabama was Florida. Yep, and you avenged that. And he got them this year. Again, three and out coming up next. We'll be joined by Tommy Bowden, Brooks Austin, and Arthur Lynch. If you miss any portion of our show, check it out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or ESPNCoastal.com.